What is apostasy? That is the falling away of the church. What is apostasy? You claim to have the belief, you claim to receive, you claim to embrace the truth, and then later you turn on that truth. Because the real truth is, you were never converted spiritually. You were never convicted of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. The only reason why you claim to be a Christian is because some preacher, some man, some woman promised you the moon, and they didn't deliver because they can't deliver. Because the word of God doesn't make those promises. This has been a message brought to you by The Luminary, host of the radio podcast, The Truth Stand, which you can hear every week on thetruthstand.org. That is T-A-G-T-R-U-T-H-S-T-A-N-D dot O-R-G, thetruthstand.org. You can chase law all over the world, but the truth, it stands where it stands. stands from Charlotte, North Carolina, saying you can chase a lot all over the world, but the truth it stands where it stands, and we're taking a stand here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am always in the glorious Truth Stand Studios, aka the second room of my house. In front of me is the Dell Experion Laptop 6, whatever, whatever, and I am recording this video in something called OBS, which is Open Broadcast Sourcing. I am doing this through Facebook Live. I am also talking to you on the Platinum Blue Microphone. It's right here, it's right here, the Platinum Blue Microphone. I am on the webcam here. It is the Logitech C920. And to the left, adjacent to me, I have the Galaxy Tab S4, which is the repository of all of my notes and all the things I have to say today. And one more thing. As always, I have the Pixel 2 XL, the trusty Pixel 2 XL on my right. And I have another addition to the technology family. It is the TicWatch Pro SmartWatch. I will entitle this, The Real Reasons Why People Reject Christianity, or The Unbeliever Why They Reject Christianity, The Real Truth, because there's a lot of falsehood out there as to why the unbeliever rejects Christianity, and I'm going to tell you the real reasons why they actually do, and I'm going to talk about it from their perspective, so it's going to sound like I'm bitter and that I'm mad, because that's the technique I'm going to use today. I'm going to try to channel what an unbeliever thinks and how they feel based upon my conversations with unbelievers, based upon the things that I've heard in my lifetime. There's a lot of false doctrine around how do we impress the world? How do we get the world to trust Jesus? How do we get the world to come to our church buildings? Because the real truth is, that's what it's really all about. How do you get them to come to your church building? It's really not about the gospel. Because if you was really concerned about just giving them the gospel, then you would just go out to where they are and just preach to them. And you would just go out and just share the love of Christ with them, hand out tracts, build relationships at your jobs. But no, no, no. Most of the stuff is really about how do I get them into my church building? And there's a lot of false churches, a lot a lot of false theology, a lot of false evangelicalism created around these things. And I do me created.
And it's false and it's leading to apostasy. What is apostasy? That is the falling away of the church. What is apostasy? You claim to have the belief, you claim to receive, you claim to embrace the truth, and then later you turn on that truth. Because the real truth is you were never converted spiritually. You were never convicted of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. The only reason why you claim to be a Christian is because some preacher, some man, some woman promised you the moon and they didn't deliver because they can't deliver. Because the word of God doesn't make those promises. But with that being said, let me give you some of the reasons I've heard in my years of experience as to why people reject Christianity. One, we aren't loving enough. Two, we are too judgmental. Three, the negative way we talk about homosexuality. Four, we don't embrace social justice, aka we don't care about people's lives. Five, we don't show people that we care enough about their lives and we don't care about their real needs. All we're concerned about is preaching our gospel to them, preaching our propaganda to them. Negative personal experiences with Christians and aka meaning that they're hypocrites. Seen as being anti-woman because we are against abortion. Seen as being bigots because we are against gay marriage. Supporting the Republican Party, aka Donald Trump, the great Satan, you know. Unwilling to modernize with the times, which that's false because a whole bunch of compromise is happening now. Uses the Bible too much, talks too much scripture. And finally, doesn't embrace the culture enough. So those are all the reasons why. Now, let me tell you something. I could probably spend the next three podcasts just on this list alone. But I did not want to get exhausted with that list. But let me just comment on a couple of these. We are too judgmental. That kind of goes in line with I use the Bible too much. Meaning that I'm comparing the world and other purported spiritual fruits to the scriptures. And I'm doing that way too much. That that's you you're you get labeled a legalist. You get labeled a Pharisee because you believe the word of God says what the word of God says. And so therefore you are wrong because since a lot of people reject scripture, what that means is that you can't reach anybody for Christ. Then I start thinking to myself, what Bible are these people reading? Guess what? They're not. That's where they're getting these things from. They're getting it from other men and other women who have created these false doctrines. You know where else they get it from? They're listening to the world way too much. They're listening to unbelievers tell them how bad they are and quote, if you want to try to win me to your faith, to your religion, you want to try to persuade me, then you have to engage me the way I want you to engage me. And then you have to appease me the way I want to appease. And then some stupid Christians, yes, I said it, some stupid Christians will then take First Corinthians 9 all out of context and claim Paul became all things to all, so therefore we need to go to the strip clubs with them, we need to go drink beer with them, we need to watch the stuff they watch, and we need to care about what they care about, because that's what Paul Paul did, and that is an absolute lie. You know nothing about the life of the Apostle Paul. An absolute lie. We don't show people that we care enough about their needs. That falls in line with the whole social justice warrior movement, which is destroying the Baptist, by the way. Killing the Baptist. We're seen as anti-woman because we're against abortion. See, that's politics. That phrase, anti-abortion, is a political phrase. Just like pro-life and pro-choice. No, I'm pro-scripture. Before you were formed in your mother's belly, he knew you. According to Luke 12, the very hairs on your head were numbered by him. You are far more valuable than the little sparrows. 
If he so clothed the fields, the lilies in the valleys, how much more shall he clothe you? That's how much he cares about you. You're trying to tell me the God who cares about you like that, the God who loves you like that, you're trying to tell me that it's okay to abort. That God who fearfully created you, he created you so you can then make the choice to kill yourselves ridiculous that somehow that baby is not a baby it's just a fetus it's just an extension of that woman it's disgusting do you know how many christians or purported christian churches are surrendering to this garbage do you know how many of those people are some are surrendering to that trash particularly these all these women preachers that come up and they run around calling the church sexes like beth war running around claiming that feminism needs to be more a part of the church it's, she's disgusting yeah, I said it. Beth Moore is disgusting. Yeah, I said it. Heretic. We are against homosexuals because we're against gay marriage. No, I am tired of you trying to tell little Timothy he could be little Trina, okay? And I'm tired of you telling Trina she could become Timothy. And I'm tired of you trying to get tell my kid that in school. I'm tired of you trying to tell me that through all of your television programs and all of your movies because it is unnatural and it is not of the Lord. Then we use too much of the Bible. Oh, really? Really, there isn't such thing as using too much of the Bible. The word of God is inexhaustible. I couldn't quote scripture enough to you because I wouldn't be able to understand enough for it, enough of it to be able to quote it to you all the time. I mean, come on. But those are the reasons that are used. And a lot of churches are formed around these things. But let me tell you something. Why would I today not be a Christian? Why wouldn't I be a Christian? Why not? Why would I? Now, let me qualify this by saying this, as I stated in the beginning, I'm using this as a rhetorical device only, and I'm going to sound a certain way when I do it. So I want you to understand that I'm doing it for a reason. I want you to also understand that, see, all of your efforts to appease the world, compromise to the world in the supposed attempt to reach them for Christ is creating false converts, it's creating the doctrine of apostasy. And that stuff needs to be rejected. It needs to be destroyed. It needs to be dealt with and done away with. Let me preface also, the real spiritual reason is in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. That's the real reason why they reject Christianity. Now, with that being said, I don't have the time to read that verse, that passage to you. But that's the real reason. But here are some auxiliary, secondary reasons that I believe. And let's go to what I just talked about, the lack of concern for the persecuted church. You don't think the world knows that that's happening? You don't think so? But wait a minute. We're all concerned in this country about everything else but the persecuted church overseas and the soon-to-be-persecuted church in America. There is, if you've listened to me, the truth stand, matter of fact, go back to episode five, where I talk about that, episode four, no, I'm sorry, episode four, I talk about the persecuted church again, and I typically mention the persecuted church almost on every show. I talk about all the little ways in this country, the body of Christ is being persecuted, all little ways, and what the design is right now is to turn the people's hearts and minds and opinion against Christians and what Christians desire and how they see the world and how they want to express Christ in public to get the country to overall turn against them, to have an overall negative view of them. So that way, when the real persecution begins, they won't say nothing. And here will be the true persecutors. Yes, the atheists. Yes, the people who hate our guts and are open about hating our guts like Ilhan Omar, 
congresswoman from Minnesota, how she mocks Mike Pence and people like Kamala Harris who mocks Mike Pence. And you will hear that on the Truth Blitz, which I'm going to post later as well. You Democrats, you. But with that being said, crosses are being, people are told they can't worship in their own homes. In America, people are being told that crosses need to be taken down off churches. They're being told they can't have their taxes up statuses. Christians are being told they can't wear Christian shirts at school. They can't read the Bible at school. They can't pray at school. Christian bakers are being told they must make cakes for gay weddings. And if not, they get persecuted like poor Jack Phillips in Colorado. But where's the Christian outrage about these things? Very little. Let me tell you something. If I'm the only person in the world that's going to show that outrage, you would get that on the truth stand. I stand. I used to do Christian rap. As a matter of fact, I did a rap verse on my truth stand website. Go check it out. But I used to do a rap verse and the song was called King. The hook of that song went, I have what I have because of who I am. I'm the soldier of the right on the grade I am. I'm a king and a priest. I'm an heir to the throne. I'm a joiner with Christ that stands alone. So if I have to stand alone, I will stand alone. But the world sees lack of concern for the persecuted church. You're so wrapped up in everything else you want to be wrapped up in. You want to be wrapped up in how you can get a better job, how you can be promoted, your 401k, what's your financial future like? All oh, that's crap. When the truth is, the Bible is clear. If you have the proper fear for him, like it talks about in Luke chapter 12 and in Matthew chapter 6, if you seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, that doesn't mean just get saved. That means to have a life of constant fellowship, worship, and constant desire of worship and fellowship with him. That's what that means. That's exactly what that means. If you seek ye first these things, all these other things that he knows you have need of. But see, the real truth is, a lot of these things aren't about just basic needs. There are covetousness. There are things that we desire in this world. One of the reasons why I believe the world looks at the church incorrectly is false doctrine. Now, I know that's a big catch-all phrase. Let me tell you how I believe false doctrine works in a lot of these churches. Things like peace, joy, happiness, affirmation. All those things are found in a proper relationship with the Lord. All of it. And it's holy and spiritual has nothing to do with anything coming, anything on this earth. You want to know who is experiencing that? Those who are being persecuted in the Middle East. All they have is the gospel. All they have is Christ. And that's all they need. But not in America. No, 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 no. Because what we do is all those things that we're supposed to get in Christ. All of those things that we're supposed to get in Christ. The false teacher extrapolates those thoughts. Then they take those things. They, they pull it away from the actual spiritual understanding of it with the spiritual context of scripture. They pull it away. Then what they do is they take the imitation of it. Because Satan imitates. Satan imitates everything that God does. If God can give you joy, so can Satan. If God can give you peace, so can Satan. But the false teacher takes what is supposed to be good in scripture, extrapolates it from the scriptures as a standalone thought. Then they take those same imitated concepts that you get from the world and they merge them together. But that's what they do. And then they find other scripture to then they go back into the Bible, find scripture to validate this new doctrine that they've created. And then they present it out to you. That's how all these churches are filling up so rapidly. If I'm the world and I see this, I'm, my question is, what in the world do you believe? I mean, it I guess it depends on what preacher you're listening to nowadays. I guess it depends on what Bible you read. 
What is the truth? You have Baptists. You have all the sectarianists. You have the Baptists. You have the Methodists. Then you have the Armenians. You have the Calvinists. You have the Reformed teaching. You have all the allegedly progressive Christianity, conservative Christianity, Christianity that's infused with politics. What in the blue blazes do you believe? If I was a worldly person, an unsaved person, a person with my other own religion, then I would have no idea what to trust. None. What that then leads to is a creation of their own gospel. But what that ultimately leads to as well is their own version of the gospel. Their own version of truth. And there are a lot of churches that are more than happy. I do mean more than happy to fulfill that need and build everything around that. I've talked about often the false doctrine of felt needs. And you can see this false doctrine coming from Satan when Jesus was being tempted on the mountain. When Jesus was had fasted for 40 days, fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights, then he became tempted. Satan says, hey, I know that you're hungry. Turn this stone into bread and eat. Then, of course, you know what Jesus' response was. Then he says, okay, well, if you truly are the son of God, cast yourself off this mountain for the Bible says, see Satan knows scripture too. If you cast yourself off this mountain, the angels will catch you. Jesus rejected that as well. Then he gets told, bow down before me and I will give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I shall only serve the Lord, your God. And notice he told Satan, your God. See, but what was Satan giving you there? The doctrine of felt needs. And a lot of our false teaching is wrapped around doctrines of felt needs. By the way, legitimate needs. There's no question. There are people with, they have problems with their children. There are people who have poor health. There are people who really hate their earthly lives. They hate their earthly lives for multitudes of reasons. They're angry. They're full of depression. There's all kinds of things that are horrible, horrible things. Things that are a part of our fallen flesh and our fallen natures. But see, the difference is, is that the false teacher takes those concerns, takes the desire for those concerns to be met, pulls it away from scripture, applies the world's desire or the world's counterfeit to it, and then wrap scripture around it after that, and then project it out. Trust me, I've said this twice now. I'm probably going to say it two more times because repetition is king. You're going to get it. If you don't get it now, sleep on it. Another reason why people hate the church is because of the way we treat each other. We Christians treat each other. Now, this is a big one for a lot of you because a lot of you have had bad, bad personal relationships with Christians. I included. I went to a church and was part of a movement. They're not even worth mentioning. Who all they did was talk crap about me behind my back, particularly as I got older. See, they liked me when I was the kid in the wheelchair, when I was the kid on the crutches that only they only saw half a year because I was always hurt because I have a brittle bone condition. I was always breaking my bones. For those of you who don't know, I've broken my legs 87 times. But guess what? Glory be to the Lord. I haven't broken one bone since 2003. So that's been 16 years. Glory be to the name of the Lord. But before then, I'd broken my legs 87 times. And I was the sweet kid that used to come in a wheelchair and on crutches. And everybody loved me to death. They loved me to death. It wasn't until I started becoming vocal about things that I believe. 
and became vocal about the things that I desire when I was trying to help people and help the church, that I was summarily rejected in every turn. I realized after 20 years, I had belonged to a cult and I had to free myself from that. But it wasn't just there. I've had bad experiences with Christians through doing Christian holy hip hop. I was rejected by those people. I've been rejected often by many people that call themselves Christians. One person in particular broke my heart so bad that it took me literally 10 years to get over it. That's how bad this person broke my heart. And there's still times today where I'm tempted, where it tempts me still. But I have to pray for that person and just let the Lord deal with them. We have some disgusting ways we Christians treat each other. And the world sees that. The world sees the infighting. They see the bickering going back and forth. Now, some of this stuff is legit because there's lots of false teaching out there. But they see how we treat each other. They see the backbiting. They see the conniving, the lying, the deceit. They see it. You know what they also see, which leads to another point? How we defend false teachers. How we defend these scum, these men who are false teachers who make all this money, who don't give back to the communities or anything like that. These men, these wicked men, these wicked women, they make all this money and they do it through wicked and deceptive practices. And yet we don't ever call it out. We always run to their defense. And I won't say always, but so many of us do. There's so much scandal in Christianity. It's bad. It's really bad. And I'm not talking about Catholicism either. Although we could do a whole podcast on the rife hypocrisy and damnable error and evil of the Catholic Church. But the world sees that when it comes to certain preachers, see, they know, the world even knows that certain preachers are fake. Certain guys like T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen, he, they know that these men are nothing more than businessmen. They know it. They know that Stephen Frederick at Elevation is nothing more than a businessman. They know it. That a lot of these people are nothing more than motivational speakers. That there is nothing that these people are telling you that Tony Robbins couldn't. And that other rich people who do motivational speaking couldn't. And the world sees that, but they see that we also defend them when they engage in outright criminality. We had this preacher named John Gray, who's a complete, total mess. A complete, total mess. We have people who get on these television shows, these preachers from L.A., preachers from Atlanta, stuff like that, who are dumpster fires. They are pure crap. Yes, I said that, and I'm not taking it back in. These people are pure garbage. They're pure crap. They know not God. The world sees that garbage. They see that crap. You want to know what's going to happen to John Gray? Absolutely nothing. He's going to blame the devil. He's going to cry and claim, oh, I'm so sorry, and yada, yada, yada. And guess what's going to happen? Oh, we forgive you. We love you. You're so anointed. You bless our lives. You make us feel good. And the world sees that. The world sees it. And you want, to know else, you want to know who else sees it? People like me, I see it. And it makes it hard to receive any ministry. Not only from those people, but from people like you who still embrace it and make all kinds of excuses for it. And for those who don't even make excuses for it, but yet what they will do is that they will soft pedal it. They will not want to criticize it too much or too harsh under all these false things like touch not God's anointed and do not talk against God's prophets and all that stuff. Oh, and that's another point. The pure manipulation of scripture. The world sees that a lot of men are using that Bible just to brainwash you. They're no different than what they do in politics. It's no different. No different. 
These people who are in rife with sin label their detractors, people like me as haters or Christians like some of you out there as haters because you're speaking truth. These people are insulated and the world sees that and that they see that the Christian church, that a lot of you are a bunch of fools, that you're giving your money under this false rubric of tithing. Oh, which is another point. Tithing is one of the greatest frauds of the age. I'm going to do an entire podcast on tithing. I'm going to talk to you about the true biblical tithe. But with that being said, going back to why people wouldn't be Christians, they see that all you're doing is just giving your money away. Let me tell you something. The Bible is replete with about giving to people. If you really want to be a giver, give to the poor, give to the needy. And I'm not talking about social justice advocacy here, okay? But give to people who really need it. If you want to sow into people's lives. But you're giving alleged 10% or more to these people. You don't know where it's going. Well, actually, you know where it's going. It's going to their Lamborghini. It's going to their big house. It's going to the church under the rubric of ministry and sharing the gospel. It's going towards Jesse the Planet's jet. It's going towards Creflo Dollar's jet. That's where your money's going. Tithing. One of the greatest scandals of the age. One of the greatest frauds of the age. A absolute Ponzi scheme. Absolute money laundering. Just fraud. And see, people think you're stupid. Another reason is... We make excuses for our cults of personality. Oh my God, just let some woman sing a song that's beautiful and we'll defend her to the hilt. No matter if she has no courage, no backbone when she goes on Ellen DeGeneres' show or any radio show, she won't preach the gospel at all. She sings life affirmation music. She doesn't, she talks about God in a very generic way, almost in a quote, sexual seductive way, which I, I forgot what that false teaching is when you talk about Christ like kind of like as your boyfriend or something like that it's disgusting but oh because she makes you feel good we'll defend Lauren Daigle to the hilt and then we have people like John Chris a faux comedian who's not funny at all absolutely not funny at all defending her we have all these cults of personalities we defend our preachers we can't see anything that they do we can't see any error even everything that they say is gospel everything they say is the truth the world sees that you don't think they see that? And that, lastly, overall worldliness. They see it. And let me tell you something. In full disclosure, I have been guilty. At my jobs, I've been very guilty. Saying words I shouldn't say. Reacting in ways I shouldn't react. Talking about things I shouldn't be talking about. Engaging in things that I shouldn't be engaging in. Watching things I shouldn't be watching. Listening to things I shouldn't be listening to. Guilty. 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 As a man, I'm telling you, the luminary is guilty of every single bit of it. I can't tell you how many missed opportunities I've had to be a witness because I knew I wasn't in a good spiritual place to be a witness. You don't think the world sees your worldliness when they hear you listening to worldly music and you think they can't hear you through your headphones at the job? You don't think they heard that? They didn't think you don't think someone didn't see you out and about at the mall, at the club, trying to holler at that dude, trying to holler at that girl. You don't think the world sees those things? Yes, they do. And they look at you like, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? That's, ooh, that question right there is the question of death, boy. That That is the question of indictment. Aren't you supposed to be a Christian? Ooh, woo. man, that cuts deep. That, boy, that... 
boy, that's the that that is a knockout punch right there. That is the I put you down in a pin attack position and slit your throat, bro. Cause what can you say when the world catches you being worldly? What? That I'm still a Christian. I'm going to go to heaven anyway. That's your response. I thought that was going to be the last, but one more politics, politics. I don't believe in engaging in politics. I don't vote. The reason why I talk about it on my podcast is because so many of you are active in that world. So many of you are allowing that to affect your Christian walk and your Christian relationships. I can't tell you how many relationships changed between black and white Christians when President Obama got elected. I can't tell you how many black preachers were accusing white preachers of racism just because they weren't going to vote for Obama. Even right now in 2019, the racial divide within Christianity is so bad. It's disgusting. The social justice warrior movement is killing the Christian church. It's killing it. People have been exposed for the racist that they always have been. We support a man in Donald Trump in a lot of cases who has engaged in gross immorality, regardless of what you think of what the Democrats are trying to do to him with it, regardless of the hypocrisy of the Democrat party, which is rife. But you as a Christian, what are you doing supporting a man as immoral as Donald Trump? Even though I like Donald Trump personally, I can't endorse some of his immorality. I can't endorse that. I have a friend who's a trucker now who used to talk about how we are ambassadors according to Second Corinthians 5.19. We're ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is somebody who is not from the country that they're represent. They're in that country, but they're not of it. Like if somebody came from China as an ambassador, they're not an American citizen. They're there to represent China. They're on American soil, but they're there to represent China. We are supposed to be kingdom people representing the kingdom while we're on earth. We are supposed to be strangers and pilgrims. We're not to engage in this world system. I have to remind myself of that a lot. I have to calm myself down a lot. I have to remind myself that I am not of this world. And guilty as charged, I engage in a lot of rife worldliness myself. Guilty as charged. But let's go to the Gospel of John because I've alluded to it twice here. The Gospel of John chapter 3, starting at... Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes for him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, verse 18 is the verse starting here. This is where we need to get to. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. That his deeds may be made manifest. That they are wrought in God. So verses 18 and 19 make it absolutely clear in John 3. The spiritual, true reason why the world rejects Christ. All these other things I labeled to you, they were really more for you. They were more for you. They were more for me. As a reminder of just how flawed we really are. Paul talks about killing the flesh daily. There's a reason why he talked about that. Because our flesh rises up. Our flesh has the ability to take us away from that which is holy and right and spiritual. And we could become a bad witness to the world. This was more for you. 
because although the world will use those excuses, rest assured that at the end of the day, those excuses will not be heard. And for those of you who may be unsaved and unbelieving listening to this, I don't care what any Christian did to you. None of that is going to matter on judgment day. All that's going to matter on judgment is what did you do with the gospel? My friend, if you are unsaved and you are listening to this right now, you were born into sin. Sin was placed on you due to the fall of Adam. You were born into sin with a sinful nature. We just read scripture. You were born condemned already, but there is an escape. His name is Christ. That he that believeth for him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Romans, it says, he who calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus for you. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what you've been believing in your past. If you have not repented of sin and turned your heart to Jesus, Realizing that you're a sinner in need of a savior, realizing that you are a condemned human being on your way to hell. If you haven't done that, if you claim you're saved for any other reason, if you claim you're saved because you just believe he's going to make your life better, that he didn't want you to live the life of prostitution, he just wanted you to live a better life. And while that can be true, but the real true reason why you need to be saved is because you are a sinner. Because my friend, there are a lot of people who haven't done a lot of the things that we have done. And they're still sinners. There are Muslims across the country who are, from their perspective, holy, holy people. Who don't even commit nowhere near the sin that we profess Christians do. And guess what? Because they do not believe in the only begotten son, they will perish. What about you? What about you? You who is unsaved watching this. Is that going to be you? Doesn't have to be. My friend, you can turn this podcast off. You can put your head down. Cry out to the Lord for forgiveness of your sins. Cry out that you might be saved. Ask the Lord to save you. Ask Jesus to come live within you. Repent. Repent, repent. That's all I have to say for today. Thank you so much for listening to The True Stand. And for those of you on Facebook Live, thank you so much for watching. I am your host, Illuminary, saying you can chase a lot all over the world, but the truth, it stands where it stands. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. This is the real reason why the gospel of Jesus Christ is rejected. It is not rejected because of the actions of other Christians. It is rejected and denied by men who love darkness rather than light, by men who refuse to have their deeds reproved before the Lord, for people who ultimately refuse to repent, people who say, nevertheless, not your will, my will be done. These are the people who are sentenced. It is not the body of Christ's fault, it is theirs. Any man or woman who would teach you anything else in the name of creating a false doctrine, in the name of starting false movements, these are to be marked as deceivers. They should be rejected. 
This has been a message brought to you by The Luminary, host of the radio podcast, The True Stand, which you can hear every week on thetruestand.org. That is T-A-G-T-R-U-T-H-S-T-A-N-D dot O-R-G, thetruestand.org. You can chase law all over the world, but the truth, it stands where it stands.